Tommy Kern with the Florida Gators. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. Just, I was just checking to see if you were listening. <laughs> From Destroyham, Louisiana. Hold on a second. Hey, guys. Hey. I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. Momentum, excitement, energy. You know, I mean, they say all this stuff, and you know what they mean, but, you, you know, it doesn't describe what you mean. I mean, it's just sort of out there. You got barbecue back there? I was just worried about, you know, listening to, you know, all, all your guys' rap poison. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. Here are your hosts, Sergio and Tyler. Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, we are going to be kind of have like a little recap episode. You know, there's been a lot of stuff in the news, especially regarding the Florida Gators lately. Uh, some of it good, some of it not so good. Some of it we will see how we feel about it. Um, whole lot of Gators topics to talk about today. We're also going to do a little bit of an updated national championship conversation just because we weren't able to be um, in the same metaphorical room together uh, because last there's week. So much to and talk about. <laughs> i think there are some things to talk about um there that are. we did not there say are. in last week's there abreved are. yeah I, I think there are but what there is to talk about tyler is the national football league because uh it was a big weekend for the state of florida's nfl teams um there is one team left standing that is your jacksonville jaguars but uh Ooh, we will again. get to that it is your jacksonville jaguars did you see Ooh. the shirt that tyler wore uh tyler that um trevor wore to the press conference yeah he had had it in his locker room for a few weeks he just was like i wasn't sure yeah. what the right time to bring it out was but uh um, it's always good we'll, we'll, we'll tell you what's, what what it says on that shirt we'll tell you what it says on that shirt later on in the episode we'll have a good little uplifting conversation to talk about after we have to talk about georgia dominating the national championship game um it'll be a good way to end the episode uh first of course like we said we're going to start with a bunch of florida news um, the Florida versus Utah 2023 opener, which will be played in Salt Lake City. It is part of the home and home that the Utes and the Gators agreed to a few years ago. Of course, this past season, Utah came to Florida in a um, fantastic opening game for the Gators. First game of the Billy Napier area, uh, area era was really good to see great performances. Uh, the Anthony Richardson hype train just shooting itself out the gate. That game, the other, the return leg of that game, uh, was originally scheduled to be played on Saturday, September 2nd. Um, and it could still be played at that date, but there is a report saying that that game could be moved now to Thursday, August 31st, um, depending on the Pac 12, right? We saw this this season, Tyler, with the Florida Florida State game, where the conference of the home team essentially decides how it wants to fit it into its conference schedule and its scheduling yeah. by television and stuff. And we saw the Florida, Florida state game get moved to black Friday this past season. Now the Gators could be playing on a Thursday night. And the reason that that this could happen, right? It's a clause within the agreement. We don't know for sure. We believe that we're recording on Wednesday, January 18th. Um, the Utah schedule is supposed to come out later today. So we will know for sure at a different point, um, but it is listed either or, and it's to prevent, uh, you know, like travel stuff. A lot of people don't know this, but after the Utah game, the Utah team didn't really 
get to leave Gainesville. Typically, a team will leave right after the game and sleep in their own bed, albeit really late, but they'll be able to go home and sleep in their own beds. The Utah team was not able to do that immediately following the Gator game. They had airplane troubles, mechanical issues and stuff. So they had to wait for another plane and they basically could not leave until like five or six in the morning on Sunday. So to prevent that, then they had a short week, obviously, with the time change and all that. So to prevent all of that, they have the option of having the Gators go over on August 30, um, having the Gators go over and, and play on Thursday. That would allow them to spend the night in Salt Lake City, come back on Friday rested um, and be able to get the, uh, the rest going forward into next week's game. So. Uh, Tyler, just your thoughts on that. If if that's something that's you know interesting, I, I mean, considering that it's the first, um, it's the first game of the season, where it is in the week, I don't think really matters that much. Um, it's because usually it would matter for rest or for you know the time slots, but a Thursday night opener um, before the NFL season kicks off, well, Thursday night is even still a viable option. I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. I think it's fine. Puts a spotlight on the game. Um, if that's the reason they're doing it for travel stuff, then I respect it. But because it's the first game of the season, I'm totally fine with it. Yeah, yeah. I got and I got all that information. I aggregated a piece, I believe, from Sports Illustrated on GatorsWire.com. So you can go ahead and find my uh, my piece on that, aggregating the original report that I believe came from Sports Illustrated, but I, I don't want to say it out loud. But you can go onto my my report and my aggregation and see, you know, where it comes from and all the information there as well. So. Uh, I'm with you. Same thing. And honestly, you mean to tell me it's it's kind of like how when we played week zero against Miami and we were the only game on that day. And then the following week, we basically just had like a super chill, relaxed opening weekend in terms of our fandom. Uh, we could sit there and just watch games and not have to worry about the Gators or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Not so any, I kind of prefer it like, in that way. Yeah. I, it's nice to have that that early game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And listen, let's be let's be honest here. Defending Pac-12 champions, they got a lot of guys coming back next year. Florida's not winning that game, so hey, hey, especially not with the hey. What do you mean, hey? You don't what? know that. You don't. I know don't that. know that. But listen, yes. in a few months, when we do our season preview and we play the game, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not putting that game as a dub. I hear you, but if you look at this past season, you'd be like, yeah, Pac-12 champions and a six and seven team. There's no way that Florida would have beaten Utah, and they did because it's the first game of the season, and the first game of co- the first week of college football is always so fascinating to me because it is the most hyped weekend in my opinion. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. We all put so much stock into it. I like now that they do a lot of big games to open the season. However, it kind of doesn't matter, like because yeah, in general with college football teams, every week is kind of different. Um, but on top of that, anything that happens can be made up for later and yeah so i'm saying i'm not certainly not saying that the gators should be the favorites i think utah will most likely win the game but i want to see going into fall camp eventually how this roster changes with the advent of some new transfers possibly i don't know i'll see how like see what the reports are on how the quarterbacks look in camp um Florida's got a lot of talent, and if the defense takes the step that we hope that it can under Patrick Tony, then maybe it's not that bad. But I digress. Yes, I think the smart play and the smart thing to prepare yourself, Florida fans, is that Florida will not be winning that <laughs> game. Um, 
Well, it, on the bright side, if we lose that game, if last year's, if this 2022 version of this game told us anything, Florida loses the opener, but they win the SEC. I'll take that. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> um, so, yes, that is a uh, prepare yourselves mentally, Florida fans, for uh, potentially a Thursday night uh, season opener. Uh, moving on, Tyler, the big news, right? The big yeah. conversation amongst and not just Florida football, but college football as a whole because of how this shines a light on the whole NIL landscape. Jaden Rashada uh, has officially requested his release from his letter of intent. It was reported last week and then kind of debunked by Rashada himself and Rashada's father saying, no, that didn't happen yet. But then there was a lot of like crypticness coming from Rashada's Instagram account where he was, you know, asking, saying, you know, Jesus, help me make a great decision. Like basically showing that he was thinking about what to do and such and such. It is now official. He's officially filed the paperwork to be released. There are rumors that an NIL deal worth upwards of $13 million uh, fell through. And that was kind of the reasoning behind Rashada requesting his release from his letter of intent. Um. Before we before we go into what this means for Florida and stuff and and NIL as a whole and all that stuff, Tyler, what's your initial reaction? Your initial thoughts on this story? It's it is not hyperbole to say that Jalen Jaden Rashada was the um, crown jewel of this recruiting class for Billy Napier. Absolutely, absolutely, five no, star quarterback, no, top ten quarterback in the class. Yeah, there's no way to slice it. Losing that is huge losing that at that position huge there's just no that this is this is a bad loss from a personnel standpoint for florida however my immediate reaction after kind of following this loosely and then because i'm i'm a little I, I know i should follow it more but i'm a little weird that when it's all this like report unsure talking to his dad his dad saying stuff but then his saying stuff and then aid saying stuff i'm kind of like you know what whenever it resolves itself let me know because i can't do with all this um and now we're here, hearing that it was because reportedly a $13 million NIL deal fell through. I'm kind of okay with it. Like, because, I mean, he, he's got to be Tim Tebow with that type, type of money. And I understand that that's the era that we're in right now. Um, and there's a lot of reasons that have been reported for why the deal fell through. Um, but ultimately... The reality is if he wasn't going to play unless he got $13 million, I'm not sure if that, that much money is worth the investment you're getting. Um, Because I mean, that, that's just, that's just a lot of money for one player. Like, and it's not like he's the number one yeah, player it's, in the it's country. A lot. He, he's a five-star. He's a big, he's a big deal. Again, take the money out of it. Losing the only quarterback of this class is not good. This is not a good look. And I have a different question to ask about that in a moment, but because I, and I'm also not a very, like he should want to play for the university. They don't need money. And I'm like, because I think NIL is, is a good thing that gets the players paid and they should be able to profit off their own likeness. However, I, I think that there is an aspect of that, that I agree with that. I'm like, mm -hmm. well, also, also just my understanding is like, if, the understanding here is that your $13 million deal fell through, which means that you want that at the minimum to go play somewhere else. Do you think that at this point, another school is going to offer you $13 million to go play for them? What no. schools have no, that? No, I don't think won? so. 
What schools have that money and are willing to spend it? One, but what schools need a quarterback? Well, let me like, let me let me say this before we continue with with you know the second half of the conversation. Then I like where we're going. Personally, this is a Sergio. I I think I believe this is a personal opinion. I don't believe thirteen million was ever on the ever 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 on the table, ever offered, ever a realistic nil sum of money that he was going to be given. I don't. I just don't believe it. Um, you have um, outlets like ESPN that are talking about. I mean, an hour ago, I'm looking at a Dick Vitale tweet. Tyler, Dickie V, the be- Dickie V, the basketball guy. Oh boy, that guy saying t- tweeting tweeting out the link to an ESPN a report. Granted, like. ESPN's not saying this confirmed. They're saying reports are saying this, but it's running on ESPN about how he uh, requested his release, and they mentioned specifically the thirteen million dollar reported deal. Um, he's saying it's crazy. You got um, outlets like On Three and Two Four Seven, guys like Mike Bianchi, uh, Bianchi at the Orlando Sentinel, running with the thirteen million dollar, like credible, reputable people. The New York Post running it, like. Lots of outlets that that typically are correct on these things saying that. But then you also have these reporters, you know, someone like a Jake Winderman who works at the assignment desk and and, and works for content at CBS Sports and has written for Only Gators and Inside the Gators, a J School alum. Um, he is out here saying, quote, in his in a tweet from a few days ago, I can unequivocally say that Jaden Rashada's NIL deal is not and never was worth $13 million. There is not a single quarterback in the country being paid that amount of money. And then he goes on to specifically say, not Arch at Texas, not Malachi at USC, not Nico at Tennessee, not Arnold at Oklahoma. It's just not true. You also have um, someone like a Mike Farrell, right, uh, who covers recruiting over at Mike Farrell Sports, um, what respected person in the industry, um, over 158,000 Twitter followers saying the same. He says, can we please stop the BS of a $13 million in quotation marks offer with Jaden Rashada? It's a laughable and made up number. Someone believe we aren't talking anything close to that. So I'm of that belief right now. I also believe that even though that number may not be correct, I do think obviously the issue here is NIL related, right? I think that that is, we can, we can agree that, you know, whether it's $3 million or $13 million, the issue was in terms of um, either a miscommunication, a misrepresentation. Someone involved in his recruitment was given wrong information or lied about something or whatever. And I don't know if it's from the Rashada camp or if it's from the Florida camp, but I frankly don't care because my opinion on this is that this is a horrendous look on the University of Florida, oh, a horrendous bad. look it's on the recruiting apparatus. And even though, you know, we may be better off not having going, having this hula hoop and all this stuff, Jaden Rashada, and I don't wish this upon him because I don't wish this upon any kid, but Jaden Rashada could be a bust. You never know. This is the game. This is recruiting. You never know what could happen. And I think that the image of losing out on your crown jewel of your class because the money wasn't right, whether the money figure is true or not, I think it's a bad look. I think it's, um, um, PR wise, it's it's as close to a disaster as it as can get. You know, there is no way to spin this that isn't a bad look for Florida. I want to uh, yeah, I agree with you. I I want to make that clear. Like what we're both saying is that for the money that might have been offered, or for like, I'm a little like at this point in the process, a quarterback 
not signing its place. I'm like most places have their quarterback. Most most classes are done. Most schools are enrolled. Like, like the the, the idea that you're still holding out at this point to me, like Florida might end up on the right side of this in the, like looking back if when we're in the future, mm-hmm. like, Oh, Jaden Rashada didn't work out. Glad we didn't make that mistake, you know, but in this right. moment, knowing what we know right now, there is no way to spin this positively for Florida. Like, no, there, there isn't, there isn't a way no to spin way to it, it positively. Like, there isn't a way, but I also do think, and I also want to say that this is all, these are all, he, yes, he filed the paperwork, but, we don't know if they're going to grant him that. He signed the paper on signing day. Like mm-hmm. he he signed the legal binding contract for lack of a better word that he will enroll at the University of Florida to play football. Now, could this be a situation where um they let him out? Obviously, that we've seen people situations in the NCAA and all those people um make those requests or maybe they say, "No, we're not going to let you out," but he enrolls, right? "Quote unquote enrolls." Just never reports and then enters a transfer portal. Like he can do that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's going to be playing for the Gators whether they allow him out of the letter or not. You know what I mean? It, they would just be using his his transfer thing. And I haven't seen. Um, going back to one of the points you were making, I haven't seen as many reports. There's there's one out here by uh, recruits underscore college football, which is an Instagram account, um, and also has a Twitter saying that. Um, the he's looking at a trio of Pac-12 schools per Steve Wiltfrong um, and saying that those schools are Arizona State, Cal, and Washington. And I think that when you're dealing in terms of NIL money with the University of Florida and Miami and those schools, and at one point USC, I don't think he's going to get nearly what he was going to get at either Florida or Miami at an Arizona State, Cal, or Washington. So th- and that's that's my thing where I'm like I'm just questioning it again not knowing I'm questioning it from his decision where I'm like you are the casual of this class like so you're gonna request release to take less money to go further away to a lower tier school mm-hmm. that you weren't even really well, considering. Craig, he's from California, so it would be he would oh, be okay, staying my, my over. Bad, he would be bad. staying closer to home. He's from California. Let's say that. So that, I think that's a big factor. I did factor. not realize that. I thought he was um, more. I thought he was from closer to the east. No, no, no. He's from California. But but that's the thing, though. I think that maybe, I don't know, like, was something had to happen. Yes, something had to happen NIL-wise, but I, I feel personally something had to happen more. And again, we're just speculating here. No one's reporting anything. But something had to have happened more in terms of a relationship souring with someone. I don't know who and on which part. Again, just speculation. But I feel like something else had to happen for for this to go to go down this way, you know. And there's people saying, "Oh, he's he's scared because Lagway, you know, he was all in up until Lagway committed. I think in like December and stuff, and maybe he like didn't want to have to compete with Lagway and stuff." I'm not out here going to slander some kid's character. I don't know him. I don't know him personally. I'm not going to say that, but you never know. You never know if there was a situation he didn't want to compete. You never know. I don't think that's the case, but again. You never know so many question marks in this case. And not many people are talking in terms of the people around them. So, Yeah. I do want to bring up a larger conversation, a more broad-term conversation based yeah. off this. We talked about it. Billy Napier, there's no quarterback in this class now. Uh, so right now, the only quarterbacks in the roster for Florida really are Graham Mertz and Jack Miller. Mm-hmm. So... Um, 
So one, I think Billy Napier has to bring in a, a transfer um, after spring practice. Like he he's got to mm-hmm. like and it's it's I, it's I, less I hope so, before spring practice. Well, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I don't think they yeah. can make it. I don't think they can practice in spring practice at this point. But um, mm-hmm. right, I don't know. But you've got to go get another quarterback. If for nothing else than a numbers game. Um. Yeah, because yeah, Lagway's 2024. DJ Lagway, that yeah. highly recruited quarterback out of Texas that committed to Florida in December, is a five-star, I believe. Really good prospect. Is out there recruiting for the Gators. Looks like he's really locked in. He's 2024. So that does not solve the issue of, you know, we're in January of, you know, eight months from now when we have to seven months from now when we have to take the field. Yeah. Um. So... Yes, so you need you need another you need another body in that room. You just need another body in the room, and base. It looked like Florida was really gonna be the the winners coming out of the transfer market for the big name quarterbacks. I don't really. I wouldn't say that they are. Graham Mertz is certainly a cap a fine capable starter, like a body in a room, but he he is not getting you where you need to go based off the quarterbacks that were available now. Grayson Call ended up going back to Coastal Carolina, and that's probably the one that you really wanted. And so, if that that, what can you do? But this this sparks a larger conversation of like, now hold on to your hold on to your butt when I say this. I fear Billy Napier is going to run into the problem that Willie Taggart had at Florida State. Willie Taggart is- could not. Willie Taggart could not get a quarterback on campus. He didn't have a quarterback in his first recruiting class. Um, he just, That's true. yeah, he he got Jordan Travis on campus, who now in his fifth year is finally good. Um, and mm-hmm. under a different coach, he DeAndre Francois was not good. He couldn't get a quarterback on campus. Um, uh, many other problems, but that was a thing with Willie Taggart, where it's just like couldn't find a quarterback. And ha- largely, this is like not Billy Napier's fault. Billy Napier came in with Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson, I think, was fine. I think. I would have wished he would have stayed another year, but I can't argue the decision mm-hmm. that he made. Yeah. You have Jalen Kitna who looks serviceable and then due to absolute things that we should not be discussing. He's out of the picture mm-hmm. now. It's no one's fault, but Jalen Kitna's and you know, right. I don't want to speak more on the, the subject, Yeah, but you had a quarterback on campus that you felt good about from a skill set perspective. He's gone through no fault of your own. Um, Okay. That's fine. You re- your next quarterback comes in, and now it looks like he's requesting release from the program. So in two years, you brought in really no quarterbacks. And mm-hmm. it's not the same way where, like, for Willie Taggart, it felt like they just couldn't recruit a quarterback, you know? But we're going through this in Billy Napier. Like, this is the period of your program where you need to be building up, building that stuff up, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just worry is all because I think with enough time, Billy Napier can can make this work. I think it's a if you give yeah. him enough time, I think there is a guarantee that Billy Napier can make this work to or at least get Florida in a much better position from a recruiting roster perspective and all that. But if you don't have a quarterback to start pushing you in that direction, is he going to get the time? I, don't I hear know. you. I hear you. I, 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 I disagree with for, you, but. Uh, I'm not even saying that I, I I'm not even saying I believe this is going to happen. I'm like, but you have to think about this. You can't right, lie to right. yourself and not think about it. Like Billy no, Napier now, yeah. like you had Anthony Richardson, he's gone. 
you've been unable to bring in other quarterbacks. And largely, it's not your fault, but it doesn't matter that it's not your fault. It's what happened. Like, mm-hmm. and now Transfer Portal has made, has negated some of this. He could easily bring in a young guy that left. He could bring in JT Shroud. He could bring in all these other quarterbacks that are still out in, in the transfer market. Just for depth, maybe you hit on one. You don't know. Mm-hmm. And I love everything about the team building going on with with Lake Florida. But right now, you're not hitting at the most important position. And while I think DJ Lagway is that hit, I'm just a little worried. It's like, so he'll be a true freshman next season. Right. Not this and, upcoming and, season. And I hear that. I hear that argument. I hear that argument. I think it's a little – I don't think it's – I can see where you're – the how you're drawing that connection right like i can see that like there is that concern of course um and there are similarities there too in terms of willie taggart quarterback and quarterbacks coach billy napier quarterback and quarterbacks coach seems kind of you know weird that they quote unquote can't land you know a quarterback which is even though it's the, their position and the position that they coach and stuff well, like that it's where billy napier i do can, think there are differences napier can land them it's just that they haven't been able to keep mm-hmm. them which I am. Is more. Well, of like I, th- a- I also I think there's differences there too because with Florida State and and Taggart, people remember. I mean, people forget. Yeah, the 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 what people remember is they couldn't get a quarterback because it's the most highly profile high profile position and all that stuff. But Tyler, if you were a quarterback in in those classes and you saw that Florida State offensive line, are you going to rush over to go and 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 play in Tallahassee? Because no, and I don't and I- think that's something that Florida has a problem with because I think Napier not only has been able to develop the guys that are here, but has been able to bring in guys and show that they're going to, they're going to be, you know, landing and and being high quality. Osiris Torrance consensus, all American, the guy they just brought in. um, There's a tackle from Alabama that just came in. There's a highly set. There was a highly touted guy from Baylor that they brought in. I think there's, you know, he can do that and, and it can make it more attractive, but I do see your point in terms of can't hold them. I just think it's I think it's bad breaks uh, yeah. in that in this case for Billy because he's shown that he can recruit every other yeah. position. Well, let's say I'm not saying that Billy Napier is the like because I don't think Willie Taggart's a very good head football coach, and I think Billy Napier is a very good head football coach. I don't think that they're comparable in their in their skill set and how well they're and how he is doing well. It and I don't think that there's necessarily a pro- problem with Billy Napier's process and the way that he recruits because like he's landing these guys, he's getting the recruitments. It does not yeah. change the fact, though, that your two big freshman quarterbacks are not on campus, and they're not going to play yeah. for you. And one of them is completely not Billy Napier's fault, but it doesn't change the fact that it has happened, and it happened before the Jalen Rashada situation. So you kind of know you got to mm-hmm. hit this, and now, it, and it may maybe this isn't Billy Napier's fault at all, the Jalen Rashada situation at all either. Maybe it has completely to do with Rashada's camp. They just they want to back out or that something there was just or, misinformation. We or don't just know people that. associated with the university that aren't you know basically there's there's always people involved in the team that don't report directly to billy you know what i mean maybe it was something yeah. in that direction like you said yeah and that is could all be true but i'm saying the concern is is that it doesn't matter if it's his fault he is the head coach and it is what happened and he has to fix it and yeah, yeah, I'm not saying he can't fix it, but he is in a bad situation right now. And it doesn't matter if it was his fault or not that he's in that bad situation. It's what it's what's happening. And mm-hmm. I I just hope 
because we really thought the transfer portal was going to be the way to get out of this, and he didn't really get the guy that I think that the rest of us wanted. Graham Mertz, hey, maybe Graham Mertz, Wisconsin was holding Graham Mertz back. I don't know. Like, um, maybe Graham Mertz is a capable SEC starter. We won't know. He'd probably be better with a big running game, and it looks like even though our offensive line is turning over a bunch of new starters, I actually like the direction that's going because of a lot of transfers Same. and um, and recruits. I like the direction that this team is taking. But it doesn't change the fact that you are in, you, you're you're two big freshman quarterbacks that you're supposed to have in the last two years. Neither of them are going to be are, are going to play for you. And yeah, I'm not. That's sure. not an indictment on Billy, because again, I don't think any of it's really his fault. But this is what he's got to deal with now, and I hope that he's able to deal with it. This is a bit he needs another quarterback in there just for numbers' sake at this point. Like, just get yeah. a transfer quarterback, um, mm-hmm. and then we'll go from there. Because like, yeah. I would look, I think if if this trend continues, because recruiters recruit, it doesn't really matter what they do on the field. DJ Lagway, I think, will probably stick with this commitment if if this trend keeps going, if Florida seems to be taking steps next year. But mm-hmm. and if if you can get to that point and he's the truth, you're good. If he's your Jake Fromm for Kurt, for for this Kirby Smart, you know? Mm-hmm. And Jake Fromm wasn't the guy to win them anything really spectacular. But he stabilized things. He made kind of Georgia yeah. what got it to the position that, that we we Florida wants to be in. Like he's yeah he that that's a great analogy. The Jake Fromm for Kirby, the Deshaun Watson for Dabo, um, you know the 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 Tua in or Jalen Hurts in like the newer even, era. I wouldn't Bama, even say Deshaun Watson. Know? I say Taj Boyd for Clemson. Like uh, like really, really what, even you, before that. Okay. Yeah, because it's not about the guy who wins you the championship, really, for what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. We're not trying – to me, Florida's trying to get to the, the to the Georgia level of consistent 10-win program. Like, mm-hmm. yes, obviously, Florida is trying to get to that national championship level. Georgia finally got, got there on Stetson Bennett. Like, mm-hmm. but they couldn't have gotten there if they didn't have Jake Fromm first, in my opinion. That's true. Like, That's true. I don't think Clemson gets to win national championships if they don't have those Taj Boyd years where they were a 10 win team. They were consistent. Mm-hmm. They kind of got things together. Taj Boyd was never the guy to win the national championship, but he set up the plate for Deshaun Watson. You know, that's true. Very so in a lot true. of ways, I think, I think you're Very right. True. The Jalen Hurts thing is part of that as well. Like, and for, mm-hmm. for Alabama, I, I, and I just think like, Yes, obviously, I'd love my. I'd, we'd love our Deshaun Watson right now. We really would. Like, um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but I want to clarify. I want to We don't want Deshaun Watson himself. No, no. Let's our <laughs> our, wanna, our our version, version of, of generational of twenty thirteen. Yeah, of twenty thirteen version before we knew all the he was deplorable. back when he was good, or at least we before didn't know he became he was bad. Re- before he became redacted and not a show Tyler's working on, but like legitimately redacted. <laughs> oh gosh. <sighs> I know. Anyway, I, know. I, I anyway. like that. I, I like this conversation though. I think that was a good point. Um, we'll have to see Hey, before we move on. I do want to ask if you are Billy Napier and you are you, and it is, Oct- it is August 30th, the night before that Utah game, the, pr- pr- presumably the night before that Utah game. And given the quarterbacks you have on the roster right now, barring anyone else coming in, which we would, we think might happen, but we're not sure. Who who are you throwing out there? Are you throwing Are you throwing out uh, Mertz? Or are you throwing out um, Jack Miller? I'm throwing out Graham Mertz. Um, okay. Just 
okay, this is me, Tyler, kind of speaking, but like, uh, Mertz has starting mm-hmm. experience. Like, yeah, Jack Miller looked. I don't know. I I was not impressed by what I saw in the Oregon State game. And granted, half the team was right. there. Like, um, there's a lot going on around. So him. much was going, and there were moments where he's like, "Oh, he actually looks kind of good. Like he 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 is like a player." But I think Graham Mertz, bigger physically, which I think does matter in this situation, has starting experience. Mm-hmm. Um, if for nothing else, you'd like to see what his tr- starting experience in a bad conservative Wisconsin offense how that feels in a now more spready pistol like Florida offense mm-hmm. was the Wisconsin and with, offense and with holding, two was legit... the Wisconsin offense like holding him back like um neither of these know. quarterbacks is a we run threat well see the thing neither of these quarterbacks mm-hmm. was a run threat I'd ultimately choose the biggest run threat because we're going to be such a run heavy team if that's not the Correct. case I'll pick the guy with the bigger arm I'll pick the guy with the starting experience so I also, I'm gonna, I also I think I would too there. I also think um, with one of our next news news points, but um, I think uh, with a guy like uh, a Travis, a Travis, a Trevor ETN, um, and with a Montreal Johnson, you can set up a really good play action where you're running those guys and Mertz with his arm, um, you know, as inconsistent and like you said, as as not impressive as he was at Wisconsin. He does have a, a, a really strong arm. And something you kind of can't take away. It's very Spencer Rattler-esque of like, not so sure he's the best quarterback in every aspect of the game, but you cannot deny the arm strength. Yeah. And that's what he kind of has. He's got the you tools. never know. Maybe got the tools. Maybe he gets someone like a Ricky Pearsall down along the side because he announced on Sunday on his Instagram that he will be returning to Florida for another season. Um, there were rumors that he could declare for the draft there were rumors that he could transfer again because i think he graduated this past year so he would be able to transfer as a grad transfer and be playing immediately even though he transferred from arizona state to florida but he announced he's returning he announced that uh he will be playing which is a big big get for florida definitely the veteran in a very young wide receiver room and i am very curious to see how the young guys develop underneath pearsall and you can kind of see it be like a like a battle between the young guys. Okay, Pearsall's gone next year. Who's gonna Who's gonna show up as that number two option this year so that they can become the number one threat next year? You know, yeah. really big for him to return. I mean, your hope if you're a Florida fan is that this is him coming back for his Kadarius Tony year. Um, Absolutely. Remember, Absolutely. like like Kadarius Tony was fine, and it was that last year that really was like, oh, he's putting it together. He can play at a high level as a receiver. Ricky Purcell's already, mm-hmm. I think, further along than Kadarius Tony was at that point, and I don't think he's going to be put in a situation with an offense and the quarterback Kadarius Tony was to make such a big jump. But this is his like he comes back. We are gonna feature this guy. Like yep. he he is our best receiver, bar none. You are going to feature him in your offense, and he already was featured yes. in this past year's offense. But um, you are gonna like this offense is going to be run with Etienne and Johnson, throw it deep to Ricky Purcell. Like that's yep. going to be the offense and there are worse combinations in the world. So absolutely. This is, this is just, this is huge for Florida. If for nothing else to providing you a buffer to get your other young guys experience under him so that they can have a bit mm-hmm. a better receiving core going forward. Absolutely. Could not have said it better myself. Um, very happy to have him back. And, yes. and among those wide receivers that will be kind of learning behind him are Eugene Wilson, who, up on three sports has uh, released updated 
their 2023 class rankings post the all-star game stuff. And Eugene Wilson was bumped up from a four-star to a five-star. Uh, he is coming in at number 32 overall in the 2023 rankings, five-star wide receiver. So very excited to have him on board. Along with um, Eugene Wilson in the top 50, our four-star cornerback, Jakeem Jackson, who comes in at number 40, and four-star defensive lineman, Kelby Collins, who comes in at number 50. So three Florida players in the final top, uh, in the final 2023 recruiting rankings, um, one five-star, uh, two four-star. And these three guys are already signed. They're on campus. They're enrolled. They're moved in. They will be participating in spring practices. They will be participating in the summer. So they're going to get a lot of experience. They'll be playing in the spring game. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see how they do. Um, and I'm, I'm just really excited for that. I'm really excited for them to to be able to get that experience and such. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Again, you look back to it. Like, I, I do like what Billy Napier is doing from a recruiting perspective. You know? Mm-hmm. He, he's not Absolutely. he ain't kirby smart or nick saban right now but like those are just the only two people in the country that recruited that level so um and and, but, and i think you know the nick saban and kirby smart dominance if you look at how they started their program that the first two two or three classes weren't these like jugger juggernauts they looked very similar to these florida rankings where they got some high-end talent they got some really good recruits they just needed to add on the, you know, get the on-field results as well to make it enticing to consider those guys as one of the, to consider the future guys as though, as one of Florida, as one of those top programs and such, you know. I love that the Billy is uh, definitely prioritizing quality over quantity because there's still only, I think, now, if so if you remove Jaden and Rashada, there's 20 guys in that class, not including any transfers. And I think of those 20, something like 17 or 18 are all four stars or higher. So there's this there's it's it's a good quality quality haul and I think um as the roster turns over I think that we're going to be able to get um some really good um like some roster turnover and we'll be able to fill up those classes at a more traditional rate you know more 26 27 28 players with the majority of them being blue chip talent and that is how you compete for SEC and national championships in the long run so yeah. like what we're seeing so far yeah, so again yeah quarterback removed I love what mm-hmm. I'm seeing from Billy Napier. I really, I love the, imbl- the in- injection of talent, both on the transfer market and in general recruiting. I think he knows how to build a team from a quality perspective. Just got to mm-hmm. hit on a quarterback, but that is enough. We already had that conversation. I do like this. We did. It's boding we did. well, and, and I think ta- it's boding well for the talent profile for this team. Agreed. Excuse me. Hit my hit, hit my desk here. Completely agree. Uh, one place we're trying to get to is to be in that Georgia level. Um, I don't think we're going to be beating Georgia next year. Uh, and we certainly didn't beat them this year. Georgia's coming off. What was it? 65 to seven on the national championship stage. Um, yeah, man, this was, this, this game was over. I remember, I mean, we talked about it separately and, you know, our listeners got our, our overall arching takes, but just quickly, Tyler, quick thoughts, anything you didn't say last week that you want to say this week, um, you know, now, um, now that we're here back together. Now that I've digested it. I think mm-hmm. TCU's biggest mistake is that they wore black, white, black, and they didn't put any purple in there. <laughs> uh, like I, I, I really think that. Or they didn't go with the all um, blacks with like the purple helmet um, right. stickers, or, or like they did, or at yeah. least, or at least like all white. Like the and I actually think the, the uniforms are fine, but I'm like, this is the national championship. You got to put some purple in there. You got or you got to go all white. This is like, like mm-hmm. I, 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 I digress. Um. Congratulations yeah. to Georgia. Great game by them. Um, this is the mountaintop that you want to get to as a program. Yeah. And 
Florida's been at this mountaintop before between two, 06 to 09. This was like the, the level of team that this was. Like, and mm-hmm. so it could be attained. Like, but uh, you're trying to get back here. Um, I will say I could see arguments and I've seen them and I, I agree with both of them. I can see arguments that this playoff where we had two great semifinal games and an absolute clunker of a national championship. Like Mm -hmm. I've seen that used as arguments for expansion and against expansion. And I see both sides. Mm. Um, Okay. Ultimately I'm like for expansion because like everybody's like, well, it won't make the national championship any better. It will just like allow for more teams to get in and play these games. And I'm like, good. It just yeah. like it, it's the same thing with the NFL playoffs that we all act like it's different. It's the same thing with the NFL playoffs. Like, yeah, really, only like two to three teams are really gonna make have a shot at making the Super Bowl. But we all lie to ourselves and say no. Oh, up to fourteen teams can do it because yes, technically yeah. they could. But can the well, injured well, and also technically the, it's can been the Lamar done. Jackson? Technically, it has been done. And it yeah, yeah like those Giants teams both came in as as the final wild card seed ran the table and won the Super Bowl twice. Yeah. And that's where at the NFL level that can happen. But mm-hmm. we will we not lie to ourselves and say like that does happen right. all the time. Like um or or like, it's a realistic I, thing in college. Yeah. And that's okay because cuz like, NFL players even though the team is relatively bad, they're still professional football players. Anyone can be anyone on any given day in the NFL. In college football, it's a much more difficult prospect, you know. A team loaded with five stars is not going, you know, is going to take care of business the majority of the time. Yeah, and, and here's my thing: is like, I care more about getting good, meaningful football games on college campuses at the end of the season. Agreed. And expansion is going to hundred percent. Like, yes, it, I don't think it will actually change who can win a national championship. Although it's possible, DC approved it. Like, um, I also personally. I hate people being like, well, you know, the show, TCU kind of sucked. They should have been eight and four. I'm like, well, guess what? They weren't and they beat Michigan. So what are you going to do about it? Like, um, <laughs> and uh, I just hate, I just hate when people do that. Um, well, my, my favorite like, is when people say, oh, Michigan would have hung in there much better than TCU. I go, yeah, well, you know, if they would have, maybe, well, they but lost. you know what? They should have just beat, they should have just beaten TCU. You should've know, they TCU had a chance. Then. They should have beaten TCU. It's like, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like what I said last week when I was, uh, it's like, well, Alabama should have been in there better than all these teams. Like, well, don't lose twice then. It's fully, fully capable right. of doing that. Like, don't lose to Tennessee. It's, it's crazy that we have – Certainly don't crazy lose to LSU. It's crazy we have what-if arguments. Yeah. We have yeah. these what-if arguments that are being defended by actual results. Like, th- w- this happened. We, we, had the, we had the opportunity to see what would happen, and they lost. Like, sorry, you don't get rewarded. People are like, oh, it's the four best teams. I go, yeah, but, like, at a certain point, like – if not, let's. It could be pro wrestling. The we could just matter. we could just match make. You know, yeah. You have to have yeah, the why, results. Why matter. play? Well, if it's the four best teams, why are we even doing the NFL playoffs? Just put the 49ers in the just the just throw it in a throw it like, in a Madden sim. Throw it in an NCAA fourteen sim at that point. You know, just like this is why they play the games anyway. And this is another. Mm-hmm. This allows us more. I I just think it'd be nicer to get these cool moments on campus. You know, and I this agree. is it's in a very similar way. It's why I actually like this about the NFL playoffs, but um some people don't it's like if you win your division how no matter how bad your division is you can get into the playoffs losing record and host a playoff game as division people like yeah that's kind of it should guarantee you a spot but not guarantee you to host a game i hear that but the thing that it gives you it gives you those moments where 
teams are at home and they shouldn't be and their fans all show out and you get these crazy playoff story game moments. And you're never going to get you, that up. Have you, if, can you think of, can you think of any like recent I Tyler? Think I'm, of I'm not so example. sure. If you can, I, I couldn't think of I an example. Top I mean, my head. Definitely not in recent memory. Um, <laughs> no, who, who could imagine? Anyway, it's about those moments. I want those for more teams. Mm-hmm. Cause right now those moments are only reserved for four teams. A year. Yep. And, and really mm-hmm. only like eight teams in realistic, like t- there are not a lot of teams that make the playoff TCU is an amazing story regardless of the outcome of the last game of the season or how they got to this point because they were yeah. in a club that is not supposed to get here. They were supposed to be locked out of these games and they made mm-hmm. it. And I want that access for those type of moments to go to more teams. You know, it's not, it is not going to change who can win a national championship. I really don't think so. I mean, yes, it will give them the opportunity, but it is going to change the road to get there. Our viewing of the sport, the games we get, so I, I th- yeah. So sorry to bring it all back to expansion again, but um, go no, on, but I, go I think that's the, that's a good, that's a good you know way to approach. I mean, it wasn't a good game. Like it's a good way to approach the the fallout from the game. I, I I think college football, excuse me, college football is the only sport where we get generally mad when a Cinderella happens. You know, like the, the college football as a whole kind of resents the idea of a Cinderella. Whereas in the in the NFL, we love a Cinderella. In college basketball, we absolutely adore a Cinderella in college basketball. In in any other sport, people love Morocco in this past World Cup making it to the semis. Everyone loved watching Morocco make it all the way to the semis and knock down giants like Spain and Portugal and stuff and such. Like people love to see that happen. In college football, for some reason, it's like, oh, I can't believe I can't, I can't believe it. And now part of it, I think, also is that the um, the more popular teams, you know, there's a, the fans of those more popular teams, like in Ohio State, for example, right? Like if Ohio State was to have not made the playoff, right, and not given us that, you know, game, classic game against Georgia on New Year's Eve, if they would have not made the playoff, I guarantee you Ohio State fans would have been like, oh, see, we would have, we would have fared better with Georgia, which in their defense they did, but – you know what? They lost their opportunity as well. And it's those things where um, TCU beat the team that you had to beat to win your division and, and play for your conference title, and you didn't. And it's just one of those things of we're just going in circles now, but I just I want us to praise Cinderella's in college football rather than resent them. You know what I mean? I, I yeah. get that the, it's not popular amongst multiple fan bases. But I would like for that to happen still, you know? Yeah. I'd like for Cinderella's to happen as well. Like, and I I would love for us. They're not allowed to. And yeah. No, no. I'd love for us to be able to look at a Jacksonville Jaguars who came down from 27 to nothing on Saturday night against, against, um, I don't want to, I'm okay. I was going to say social media's quarterback, but I'm not out here supporting Emmanuel Acho and all of his like stupidity. I'll tell you what he is. I'll tell you what he is. What is he? he? He's Alex Smith with a big arm. He's. A- <laughs> Go this ahead. is this is some Go hot ahead. fire over here. This is some I, hot I, fire look, over here. Look, look. I, I want to say it did make me a little. It did make me a little mad. Yeah, it did make mm-hmm. me a little mad. Like, and I kind of reacted in kind that day, like day day's immediate reaction with the game was just like, oh. Herbert, Herbert is finally free of Brandon Staley. And I'm like, who cares about Justin Herbert? This loss is just as much on him. Don't miss Keenan Allen wide open in the end zone. Um, 
Mm. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I actually Speak. like Justin Herbert, but I, I, I will say uh-huh. that I think it is weird. Okay, Justin Herbert does this thing. He turtles like sometimes. Like if hmm. he he has not explained this, like he has not expressed this killer instinct that I think I'd want to see in him, and I'm glad I didn't see it in him. But like this whole, and part mm-hmm. of that I think is maybe the offense that he's in. But like, if he doesn't have to put his foot on the gas, he won't. Like, yeah, that's it. Do you think he, so? Now that we've seen this, we've seen this now in the playoffs, right? And that was that was one of our criticisms of Oregon, Justin Herbert. Yeah, that was one of our criticisms, and we chalked it up to Mario Cristobal because he has a record of not just doing it with Herbert, but with other people. Uh, or more Marcus Arroyo, but again, we j- we won't speak on him on this podcast. Swindler, what a swindler that man was. Um, but no, no. Do you think that this is like a Justin Justin Herbert's really avoiding all of the blame in this game? And I'm not out here trying to create a narrative of we need to trash on Justin Herbert. I don't. I do believe the majority of that was on Staley, and I do think that even though they're keeping Staley and going with a new offensive coordinator, I think Staley should be the one to have gone. But that's another conversation for another day. Um, this is a college football podcast. Uh, well, it's, it's a Jacksonville Jaguars podcast now, but right now um, it is. I, 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 right now it is. My question to you is: Do you think that this is something that will be brought up maybe the next time if it happens again in this situation? Because, it, like we said, it, yeah, Herbert's getting off scot free on this one in terms of narrative and blame, but we've seen this from him before at Oregon under different coaches. Yeah, I mean, like, I like Herbert. Everybody likes Herbert. I think people like him a little too much with because, yeah, I don't think he's done anything to, like, look, people are so ready to put Herbert into the Josh Allen, Burrow, and Patrick Mahomes tier of quarterbacks. And I'm like, what is he You need to take Josh Allen out of that tier. You need to take Josh Allen out of that tier of quarterbacks. Josh Allen's trying to take himself out of yes. that tier with how many times he's turned he the ball is. over. But, he is. But like, this is the talk, return. But, it's just this is this is an episode where the quarterbacks that we didn't fully believe in college are showing the qualities and from college and costing their teams, or in the case of Allen's, nearly costing their teams playoff victories. It's looking yeah. like it's Sergio and Tyler were right, Tyler. It's looking like that's what it's looking like. I, I'm glad that I'm glad that we're able to spin this to make it. Oh, we were right all along. Um, because I I do think that Josh Allen is oh, a good it quarterback. Was, it was always sideline judgment, Tyler. It was always sideline judgment. Um, you're welcome. Anyway, you're welcome. No, everybody's so willing to put Herbert in that tier, and I'm like, why? Why? I mean, now I want to clear. I actually think it's fine that Brandon Staley is kept because because they got rid of their offensive coordinator. I'm like, cool. Because it's very much like if a new offensive coordinator comes in, is way better. And this should be this should be a well looked at job. You've got Justin Herbert. Like, um this you yes. should want Listen, you as should much want as we're like trying to be like where does where does Herbert He's land still a top in the power rankings? In the National Football League. He's, He's still, still a top, top yeah, quarterback. Yeah. Please, come on. Don't get it twisted. I, I just think yeah. that I just think that my team's quarterback is better. There, I said it. Um, go Jags. Um, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I won't say you can have my baby, but um, I actually saw a person I went to high school with name their baby mm-hmm. this weekend after Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. They their Are child was born this weekend. They named their kid Trenton Tila Lawrence. Last name. I'm not even. No, joking. they did not. I'm a hundred percent serious for, for, for listeners outside was... of Florida, for listeners outside of Florida going, that's the most Florida thing I've ever heard. You're right. 
You're you're right. It's pretty. Right. That's pretty Florida. Right. I can't right. defend that. I can't defend that. I'm not going to defend it either. I think it's way reactionary. But like, look, the yeah. ability. I know we're a college football podcast, and there is a reason that we're talking about this. I swear. Um, the ability to throw four picks and just say "f it," I'm gonna go throw. I'm ready to go throw a fifth one. Like I got one more in me. He didn't, but to just say it doesn't matter. We're gonna keep going. The Jaguars released a. They do this every week. The sounds of the game where they like put in a video, a video edit of the game mm-hmm. with like sideline stuff, and they had one where like the defense just went up to Trevor at one point. It's just like we got your back, bro. Just go out there, keep playing, and and Trevor's just like I'm gonna get one back for you guys, and then they went to score another touchdown and like to go like interception, interception, punt, interception, interception, and then five straight touchdown drives, insane. Um, yeah. To think yeah. also that I wanted Bry- Byron Leftwich as my as the head coach, I was adamant to, about it. To think, to think. Well, I um, that is listen. I mean, when you're when you're nice a quarterback, have, it with, feels nice to have franchise quarterback. It does. It does feel nice to have a franchise quarterback. I feel personally, um, I feel like when you have a T-shirt and wear it to the press conference that says it was always the Jags. And then you remain in that T-shirt and you go out to Waffle House to celebrate a That's victory. That's why we're really talking about I, I, it. I just don't think it was ever in doubt. You know, That's one of those I think, um, never – I mean, yeah. it, it, I saw a tweet that said – I saw a tweet that said uh, Trevor Lawrence at halftime remembered that he had Waffle House plans and said, oh, I better actually like play now. <laughs> what? Yeah, it was like <laughs> – First of all, bring Waffle House to the people because he found out that a couple of his teammates had ever been to Waffle House before. And being the Georgia boy that he is, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, cool. OK, so we got to change that. He also may be the yeah. first person in the history of the world to get a reservation at Waffle House. Uh, yes, you hear about this? I saw this. I and, saw and, this. And, and he explained it. And he's just like, yeah. So like Marissa calls like, hey, can, we're going to be coming. Like, can we get a reservation? And they're and in the most Waffle House way, they, he said that they responded. Well, we can't really do a reservation, but we can like clear out an area of people and then just like yeah. have it open. And I'm like, which is, you know, a reservation. But um in a very Waffle House way, it's like, we won't give you a reservation, but we'll just say to people, don't sit there. <laughs> Listen, I, if there's just, anyone on I earth just, if there's anyone on earth, Tyler, that can get a quote unquote reservation at a Waffle House, it's Trevor it's Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. That like and, it fits the brand. I like I can picture it, Tyler. I can picture them sitting down at Waffle House, pulling out their phone, and not Trevor Lawrence because he's an NFL quarterback and he would never do that. But maybe you know, like relatives of his or friends of his pull their phone out and just talking about how all of the NFL playoff action continues. We are one step closer <laughs> to Super Bowl Fifty Seven <laughs> and for the NFL divisional round. They can just check you out DraftKings Sportsbook, Tyler. It's an you official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. You can boost your NFL winnings with each leg that you add up to 100%. I think next week, Tyler, we got the Jags, again, first game of the, of the uh, divisional weekend traveling out there to kansas city again they don't want to uh, give I us think, you know if you they wanna, don't want us to succeed they don't want you no they don't want us to succeed they don't want the florida teams to succeed they don't want to do it they don't ever want to do that but what you can do is you listener can root for those florida teams the underdogs to succeed 
Um, you can keep an eye over there out on that. Maybe a little Saturday parlay you can put together. You can do Jags win, Eagles win, and then maybe, I don't know, Glover Teixeira to win at UFC 283, the vacant light heavyweight title uh, against Jamal Hill in his native Brazil at 43 years old. I don't know, man. Looking like a big underdog parlay, minus the Eagles. We know the Eagles are going to win. But two out of those three legs are underdogs. It could look nice. Could look nice. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TPPN. That is TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL Divisional Round and get 200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. You can see the show notes for details. You got How's me that, again on friend? that one, man. You got me again. You got me bad. <sighs> three for Looks, three. I didn't, I didn't see oh. it coming. I, didn't see it. I had to do I, it by I, myself I actually, last week, man. I actually had a thought in this episode as we're recording it. It's like, oh. man, we're getting pretty far down the rundown. I wonder when Sergio's going to like um, pull up this ad read. And then I just completely <laughs> forgot it once we started talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, mm-hmm. uh, well done by you. Well, anyway. Well, I, I had to mention uh, – I had to put it there specifically because – Unfortunately, you are the only fan on this podcast that has a team playing in the NFL divisional round. Yeah. So I had to, you know, had Jaguars, to throw it in there when we're talking Jaguars about your after, just, just real quick, we'll move on to your team momentarily. But like, um, do we have to? <laughs> uh, the Jaguars are who had two straight number one overall picks are now in the first year of Doug, Doug Peterson, um, one of the final eight teams in the uh, in the NFL. Like that to go gonna, to go from the that, Urban Meyer debacle to me, like yeah, yeah. I mean, Doug Peterson doing so much with this team. Trevor Lawrence has taken such a step, and I feel like he has so much further to go. I honestly am so happy that he was able to win this game because I don't think Tre- Trevor Lawrence has said like he doesn't really care about stats in the way that like he wants to win and he wants to be one of the best quarterbacks. So yes, he's like stats are a part of that, but I don't really care about my interceptions or things like that. I just want to win. Um, but yeah. obviously you want you want to be playing well. And he's like, stats tell a story, but they don't tell the whole story. But like if you are mm-hmm. playing well, you will have good stats. Those kind of go hand in hand. But it's it's the demeanor. I think he I think he gets that as the starting quarterback in order for his team to win, he does have to have good stats. And it's I mean, like you said, he's not like he's he's not Russell Westbrook. He's not out here fiending for the stats, like trying to get the stats just for him. But uh if the team's gonna win he knows that he has to perform well. So that's well, the relationship. There. He And he said, this was my favorite thing he said after the game is that like his teammates, like these guys have battled too hard for me to be the reason that the, we're going to lose. Like, mm-hmm. and that is the mindset you want in your franchise quarterback. Yep. He's like, absolutely. It, it doesn't matter how many interceptions I throw. We will keep fighting in this game. And they won. And yes, a large part of that has to do with the Chargers at any point could have put this game away and they decided not to. But I think the, the main thing here is, re- is really Jacksonville came back and won this game. Jacksonville outcoached yep. them in the second half. The Chargers, it wasn't a it wasn't a collapse and like they kept turning the ball over or anything. It's just like, you know, the Jaguars just beat them in the second half and beat them enough to mm-hmm. get back in the game. Uh, incredible yep. comeback. I wish I could have been there. My dad was so happy. Um that video, that video you sent me that your dad sent, so oh, cool, so good, so cool to see that. It's and so back, good. and two two straight weeks, back to back weeks of Jags fans and the bank rockings. The bank sounded like the swamp in the AFC uh, win to, to to clinch the division over the Titans, and it sounded like the swamp again against the Chargers. 
third yeah. largest comeback in NFL history, down twenty-seven to nothing. Third largest in history. I, Incredible. I, 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 I can't. Team of destiny. Um, and team of I, destiny. I actually. I so Doug Peterson said this, and it's crazy to see that an NFL coach said this. He's just like, "Hey, we're trying to win next week." But regardless of if we win or lose, this season is a success. And I was like, you know what? You're I right. Think, because, I think he sees it. I think you know, he I gets, mean, it. He you, gets you, it. You typically wouldn't see because you're like, we want to win every game up until the Super Bowl. And I'm like, yes, they do. But like, you got to be honest with yourself. Like, you won yeah. a playoff game a year after having the number mm-hmm. one overall pick. The NFL has got to love this because this is what you want any professional team. This is what you want your teams to do. This is what... This mm-hmm. is the power of the draft and thing. Like you want your team to be one good, one good draft class and one good head coach away from just being being good again. And obviously, real mm-hmm. world factors negate that largely. But this is such a story, and I, I don't know. I'm I yeah. I am so happy. Um, it's I'm glad that one I'm of happy my Florida, for you, my brother. Glad that one of my Florida teams is giving me happiness. Um, and uh, <laughs> I think. I think, yeah, and you know, it, it, I think it's I also, have, is, I have it, to be, is it bad that Tom Brady lost this weekend? I wouldn't say it's bad. Like, but oh, I, oh, I am, I'm desperately waiting for the Brady retires tweet so I can tweet out, just quote it, and put the showing up to my haters funeral meme, and that's it. That's all I want to say. That's all I <laughs> have to say about like that. that. You think you think he goes outside? No, I think like he, he's. I mean, he's gonna have to go out eventually i don't think Dude. that he's ever going to go out as a champion um no, it's it, past but that point listen that was there's bad performances and then there's whatever they did like as and not just brady as a whole the the buccaneers no, on monday night against Dallas that night just i mean and then when you look back on it they were what eight and ten this season division yeah. champion so they hosted the game and like i agree with you i think that that should be the incentive i'm i'm on board for it i don't want to change it but man was it really did dak really look like a star in that game dallas as a whole just dominated start to finish um and listen it was it was nice that um it was very nice that the three florida nfl teams right you had the jags have the incredible yeah. comeback and they're still moving on you had the Bucks just go completely opposite and just uh, ho- looking horrible, and then you have the my Dolphins in the middle, right? Right we in the middle. Right in the had middle. A comeback, right in the middle. Just my entire life. I, team I finished nine and nine. It. Managed to somehow in a in a season where there are an odd number of games in the regular season, the Dolphins still somehow finish exactly five hundred, which just this organization is just the the definition of mid it's insane um i i am over it and if you don't believe me i promise you i was in a much worse state on sunday and monday um Look. honestly the bucks game cheered me up i feel uh, my apologies to um poorly managed investment portfolio bucks fan tyler renfro yeah, but no we love that you. really we just did don't cheer like your me quarterback up. we love you <laughs> just hate your quarterback and it was just very nice hey, to, played, to have that closure um Honestly, get, go Gators. But I will say this about the Florida's – about the Gators um, – oh, my God, I can't speak. About Miami season this year, um, ups and downs for sure. I don't want to play the whole um, if Tua was healthy card. But um, when you look at Skylar Thompson and, – and this is my take on this. I was relatively impressed by Skylar Thompson. Me too. Me too. I was very – I really thought it was going to be a disaster. Um, 
but it seems like the two or three weeks of reps with the first team was really starting to get into a rhythm. I think on the in the first drive, that deep bomb to Jalen Waddle, which Waddle just dropped, was a good throw by Thompson. That would have been a touchdown. Tyreek in the first quarter dropped like three balls on third down that would have been first downs that were perfectly placed by Skylar Thompson. Like I'm not going to be like, oh my god, Skylar Thompson's horrendous. I don't think he's good to be a starting quarterback, a sustained starter. Um, but I think that he did a relatively good job given the circumstances, given the situation. Um, so credit to him in that sense. Mike McDaniel coached his ass off. Just start to I, well, definitely coming back, start to finish, because he was calling good plays even when we were down and, and it wasn't working. But the reason that the Dolphins ended up only losing by three points on the road to Buffalo in a game where not just Buffalo was emotional, given the DeMar Hamlin situation and, and you know, playoff game and just the whole narrative of you want to play for him and all that. And I completely respect that. I'm not, you know, a bad person, completely get that. But the whole country was behind them, too. And for right, good reasons, you know, like I'm not going to sit here yeah. and say those. No one, no one outside of Miami fans wanted Miami to win. And that's OK. I'm not saying that it was like a everyone against us in that way. I think it was more of a I was uh, with you. Tyler just raised his hand. Thank you very much, my friend. Thank you very much. But I mean, it in if, like if a, only, it wasn't I want to make it clear. I want to I want to make it known it was mm-hmm. for selfish reasons. Um. <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, did, I, you I you you, did you use code TPPN? Did you use code TPPN on DraftKings Sportsbook? Uh, I can Janet add plus one twenty. Uh, I can mm-hmm. confirm or deny. Well, no, um, but my point was, think, I would have preferred to play the Bengals and the Chiefs, but oh, I I completely agree. Earlier. But also, like, I I don't think it was like everyone against the Dolphins. I just think everyone yeah. was in support of the Bills, and yeah, I think no. that we managed that really well. The defense was the reason we hung in there. Christian Wilkins, um, who was robbed of all pro by the way most Agreed. most tackles for losses by an interior defensive lineman in nfl history and robbed of first team all pro i will say that defense played well Jalen phillips played well secondary played very well we need a new coordinator but that's a conversation for another day um just very proud of this team for how they finished i'm optimistic for the future and i will end it with this um, I love Tua. Every everyone, especially on this podcast, knows my feelings and how in I have been on Tua Tagovailoa. How much I believe in him as a starting quarterback. I think that he can be a starting quarterback on a Super Bowl winning team. I firmly believe that, especially with this Mike McDaniel system. He is going to be the doctors and everything and stuff have cleared him to come back to be the starting quarterback next season. But at the same time, I just worry. I want what's best for his health. Um, I am not going to argue with the doctors. I do believe that, you know, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to argue with them. And if they believe he is, it's safe for him, relatively safe for him to play because it is football. Um, then I am going to defer to them, but I'm just very nervous for next season. And not even like, as a, like selfishly, like what are the dolphins going to do if Tua goes down again? Like, I'm just worried for his health. And I hope that he is able to have a long and prosperous, healthy career. And most importantly, a long and prosperous life because that man yeah. apart from football it has been reports and you know everyone sees it nothing but a great person family man very private with his family life he has a kid now i you know i want him to be healthy in life I want him to have um, a long and happy and life so yes and and if and if that and if amongst that long and happy life he has a long nfl career and 
leads the Dolphins to a Super Bowl, I will be like the toys, like the aliens in Toy Story. You have saved our lives. We are eternally grateful. That's how I will be with Tua Tagovailoa. So that's that's just my thoughts on this season. Um, we have the ability to move some cap and be able to make some moves. So I'm curious to see what happens. Um, anyone suggesting that Tom Brady comes to Miami? Uh, I hope you're shot into the sun. I was just um, about to ask you that. Like, yeah, um, yeah. I hope you're shot into the sun I, because I, that man cost <laughs> us our first round pick this season. Um, and Stephen Ross, <laughs> thank you so much for bringing in Mike McDaniel. I hope that that is the last thing you do before you sell this football team. Because if you are still infatuated with Thomas Brady at this point, after watching what happened on Monday in Tampa, you have got to be so far out of your mind that someone's going to check you into uh, an assisted living facility. Because if that's the move that you decide to make to bring in uh, that, that Tyler, I'm, Oh, I'm getting emotional. That might be the straw that breaks the camel's back in terms of my dolphins fandom. And just, yeah, you brought in McDaniel. Great. Sell the football team. I do not want you as my owner. You cost us a first round draft pick this season in arguably one of the years where it was like, okay, we really need some elite talent at X position. And now we don't get the chance to do that. So, all right. I was being very positive and now I'm negative again. I need to level back out. Um, Look, go Jags. You, That's go, go Jags. Jags. First of all, first of all, we are all Jags fans today. Um, we, we, it was always, it was the, always Jags. the Jags. It we are all the Jags. The Jags. Um, I hope you guys have figured it out at coach. You guys, I think I figured it out at quarterback. If it weren't for the fact that he just got to stay healthy, um, which is a huge yeah. question mark. He just but, gotta I, fig- but I agree with you. I think we figured it out at quarterback. I'm not about to take debates here. You look at that team with Tua playing. Look at that team without Tua playing. Yes. Yeah. Full stop. Yes. I just hope that, hey, hey, look, Mike Daniel is a San Francisco 49er guy. He's a Kyle Shanahan guy. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe at the end of this, you know, maybe y'all draft Max Duggan at the end, like, as Mr. Relevant. And it just turns out Tua gets injured next year and you guys win the Super Bowl with Max Duggan. Who knows? I, Certainly not. This I. Is, wow. What a subtle Brock Purdy victory lap that you are taking oh, right now. <laughs> Sergio, you know, I feel, I've been feeling myself lately. Look, look, I was oh over it. God. I was over it. I was like, he's going to the NFL. He'll be a backup for a few years and then he'll, he'll get out of the, he'll get out of the sport. I'll have, I can, I'll be able to get rid of my addiction. It's never going away. Um, No, dude. Listen, and this isn't an you, NFL podcast, you alleged, but it's you definitely a- have, you allegedly have gambling. I have Brock Purdy. oh my god oh my god listen this isn't an nfl podcast but it's definitely a pro brock purdy podcast oh you know Uh, and with that being said (laughs) tyler next week uh we will be back next week listeners we will be having one of two episodes next week and it all depends on schedule and our working environments but either we will have our 2022 season review episode where tyler and i will go through moments of the entire college football season that we liked games that we thought were very crucial whole different a bunch of different categories to give our take on the season non-florida gators related if you're looking for a florida gators related 2022 recap episode you can scroll back a few on this feed and you can find our post-mortem where we talk all about the gators this is more this is on a national outlook or we will be bringing on my stepdad raul 
and uh, we owe him an episode from not this year's the 2022 bowl season, but the 2021 bowl season still haven't had it. He will be coming on in the near future. Uh, if we can schedule it up, then he will be coming on next week um, to do what he is calling the multiverse of college football episode. Tyler and I do not know what it is, but as a, because he came in first place uh, tied in first place with uh, my girlfriend, Alexa last year, he is coming on for an episode and it'll be anything that he wants to talk about. Uh, we want to congratulate the winner of this year's Bowl Mania, the 2022 friend of the pod, Ryan Urquhart. Applause mm-hmm. for Applause our boy us. Ryan. He will be coming on at some point this offseason um, to have an episode of his own. So we want to give a shout out to him as well. So either one of those two episodes, either the 2022 season review or Raul's Multiverse of College Football episode will be in your feed next week. Tyler, after that, we're going to maybe uh, start to turn our eyes to the NFL draft, maybe. Taking a look to see. We always say the draft is the perfect intersection between college and NFL. And it's uh, something we like to talk about a lot heavily here in the spring. So uh, keep an eye on that as well in the near future. Anything else you want to say, Tyler, before we sign off for the week? Uh, No, I mean, um, great. Well, I... I usually sign up by saying, great week at college football. Always good to have one. But we don't have one anymore. So tears. Unfortunately. But yes, very excited to be talking about the NFL draft. Um, Again, this is a college football-focused podcast, but we think that college football, NFL draft is a part of college football in a large way. Like, it is. um, Mm -hmm. So we'll be talking about that going forward. It allows us a little bit to talk about our NFL stuff, which you and I have a lot of thoughts on and don't really have the platform mm-hmm. to sp- to speak about them. So it's nice to get them out a little bit here. Like we kind of, we, we kind of shotgun fire- them into the draft coverage. Yeah. Like, uh, it was like, <laughs> just, you're just shotgunning your Josh Allen takes out there as well. <laughs> I mean, I will say, I mean, the good Josh Allen was part of a 27 to nothing comeback. Third largest in NFL history. Damn right. The, damn right. the other Josh Allen, was the other Josh Allen was struggling alongside of a, a third string sixth round rookie quarterback from Kansas State. I'm just saying, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying. Uh, poorly managed investment <laughs> portfolio, Bucks fan Tyler Rudfro is going to have words with you later. Um, uh, but anyway, oh, it's okay. Uh, we can talk about his uh, his secondary team, the Chargers. It's okay. We can have a conversation <laughs> about them too. Don't worry. All good. <laughs> anyway, um, no. <laughs> Uh, great, uh, great as always talking to you, Sergio. I can't wait for next week. Absolutely. Cannot wait. Always a highlight of my week talking to you, Tyler. That has been another episode of sideline judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And, uh, we're not biased Tyler, but go Gators. And you got to give it to me, my man. Uh, It was always the Jags. It was always us.